0: What's going on, guys? My name is David Gibson. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDCast, a podcasting resource dedicated to telling these stories and sharing the experiences of the sports information and athletic communication profession. Now, do me a favor. Before we get any further into today's episode, I want you to go over to our social channels of Facebook and Twitter and follow us at SportsInfoCast or by searching SIDCast. You can also follow me personally, David Gibson, by following at DGibsondigital on Twitter and Instagram. Also, be sure to sign up for our newsletter, sidcast.fireside, F-I-R-E-S-I-D-E dot F-M slash newsletter. And last thing before we get into today's episode, guys, I want you to go over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. Now, let's get into today's conversations. I met Roger uh, my first ever co convention in Orlando. Um, I, was, I remember being super stoked about uh, uh, just being able to being able to present. I, I mean, I'm stoked to present any time or any time that I'm able to meet you guys in any sort of way. I'm always really, really happy and always super eager to do it. So um, I remember tweeting out that we were going to be there or I was going to be there and that they should come say hi during the podcasting panel. Um, and Roger did not disappoint uh, We talked a little bit about um, a, a little bit off air About meeting each other And then uh, what he's doing now With his podcast at Pepperdine uh, Roger's been just about everywhere uh, Did his undergrad at USC Ohio State he even worked a little bit uh, In the MLS And then before going to Cal Baptist Oregon State And now where he's at in Malibu at Pepperdine uh, Not a bad place to end up by the way For the last 13 years um, he also will talk a little bit about how a podcast can benefit your department, um, how it's benefited his, definitely, uh, how it's gotten out from behind his desk, uh, and things like that, things that you will benefit from, obviously. Um, and I'm biased because, um, a podcaster. So I, 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 think it's an absolutely great idea. Uh, what else did we talk about? Um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, just kind of want to talk about something really quickly, and I know that I mentioned this last week, and I'm still going to hit it home this week. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter. We will be having the uh, SAD Cast Hall of Fame Awards coming up. Uh, only people that get to participate are those who sign up for our newsletter. You could do that by going to sidcast.fireside.fm slash newsletter. I will start to post a little bit more and more about people joining our newsletter and the awards themselves, Um, and then eventually probably in late September, probably here very soon, uh, I will be sending out the ballot um, maybe for nominations and stuff. The first thing we'll go to is to kind of show you um, who is nominated for what, there will be a couple of categories for you to cipher through and pick from um, to give the, like the, the, the guests this September um, a sort of a fair fighting chance. They will not be on the ballot for this coming year, for year number three, uh, because it doesn't go through the maturation process and a lot of people will be voting on episodes that they haven't listened to. Um, this is a great time, guys, to go ahead and go back and catch up on some stuff. Maybe just get a little bit of bits and pieces here and there from different episodes. Um, let us know how you're doing and if you're going to go back and do that by going to our social channels at, at Sports InfoCast on both of those. Um, there will be episode of the year, large and small division. It'll ha- This will be its own episode coming out. Uh, a release will be out. Graphics will be put out. Uh, I do enjoy doing this because I think it's fun and it's a break for me uh from interviewing people over and over again it shows me um why why do i do this is it, because one getting more newsletter subscribers but two because um it shows me where i did well and where i did wrong as far as an interviewer is concerned it also shows me what kind of guests you guys are looking for um at what level what types of things they bring to the table like things that they value things that we discussed um Maybe there were some overarching themes that you guys uh, really, really, really enjoyed uh, that we can hit on in the future for you. So that's the reason why I do this. And again, just to hit it one more time, sidcast.fireside.fm slash newsletter. Now, Roger has done a lot with NCAA basketball, has been part of the media coordination Um In 2020 and before the last eight years for the NCAA Division I Men's Basketball Tournament, um, he'll talk a little bit about how you can get involved if you are an undergrad or if you are a GA or even if you're a full-timer now and you want to be involved uh, with something like that, pad your resume a little bit. Uh, This is the episode to listen to and to be able to do that. We'll also go through his journey, again, a little bit more podcasting that I really, really, really did enjoy uh, his background going up. So without further ado, let's get right into today's episode number 134 of SIDCast with Roger Horn of the Pepperdine Waves and his very first taste of sports information right here on SIDCast.
1: Sure. I grew up playing sports. I grew up in sport. I think long before I even knew what a sports information director was, I was already grooming myself for that position. My dad was a huge baseball fan. And two things that happened on early, he taught me to score a baseball game, and he collected baseball cards. so, So I collected baseball cards. And throughout my youth, just doing things like I invented a game using my baseball cards and dice and created my own leagues and made my own sports magazines. You
0: um, are talking to the right guy. I know. Like, <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> one of, uh, one of your past guests, I think it was Frank McCogliano brought up micro league baseball, uh-huh. this video game that they played. And that was something I played on my Apple 2 but I had the discs where you could create your own teams. It would keep statistics. So I, uh, I enlisted a bunch of my friends, and for a few years, we had this league going with annual drafts and, you know, building record books and, and all this stuff. So that was a lot of fun. My dad ended up being the the district administrator for Little League baseball in our area. So through high school and early on in college, I'd go out in the summertime. I'd be working these postseason all all star tournaments, keeping score, doing the scoreboard, PA, uh, sending post game results to the media. So long before I knew what an SID was, I think I was already doing SID things.
0: Yeah. Uh, mine, mine growing up, my dad always, he'll probably text me after this one. He always texts me. He said, that's that. What, what that guy said. That's what you did. Or, <laughs> and I'm like, I still do. Cause honestly, I, I kind of like moved away from, cause I used to draw all the logos and I would like draw all the uniforms and everything like you, I made my own teams. Uh, I, I do it on Excel now because you can generate numbers a lot easier and I suck at sure. math. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of your background growing up as uh, so far simulation stuff, which is crazy to me. I, I don't think it's all. It's really, really funny when people kind of talk about the things that they did when they were little. Like my mom, she uh, got her stuffed animals, and she would teach her stuffed animals. Well, guess what? She became a teacher. It's always funny how that works <laughs> that's out, right? Great.
1: Absolutely. I bet my story is not uh, not a rare one among people in our industry. I bet there's a lot of people like you and me who, who did
0: this sort of oh, thing Oh yeah, absolutely. Up. Um, so you get to college and everything. So did you know what an SID was, like we kind of mentioned there, uh, doing SID things, but how did you fall into this profession?
1: So I went to the University of Southern California. I went there to study print journalism, intending to be a sports writer. Uh, wrote for the Daily Trojan, the school paper there, for three years, but uh, in doing so, then, you know, build relationships with the, the sports information office there and had some really interesting PR experiences. I worked for a, a PR agency as an intern during one of my summers. Uh, mm-hmm. Tim Tessalone, one of your former Hall guests, um, you know, Kosaito Hall of, Hall of Famer, uh, USC Hall of Famer, it took his sports PR class that he taught as an undergrad. So that was a, kind of my introduction to to the SID world, being at it from the other side, from the media. But by the time I finished up at USC, I kind of realized I didn't really want to be a sports writer anymore, and my goal was to write for Sports Illustrated. I I didn't think that was probably ever going to happen. I was a good writer, but not a great writer like that type of level. So as I was kind of finishing up my undergrad, kind of realizing, you know, I really enjoyed some of these PR experiences. I really love college sports. So I'm going to explore the opportunity to work in college sports, I think I think media relations, SID, is, is the way for me to go. So once I graduated from USC, I then went on to uh, The Ohio State University, where I studied sport management, uh, got a degree there, but worked as an intern in their sports information office for a year. And that was a great introductory experience to to be in an SID. What
0: were some things that they had you do? Maybe some things that you kind of weren't really expecting to... Uh expecting to to do?
1: Well, they threw me right into it. They gave me, they gave me three sports right off the bat and they were sports I had to learn because I had fencing and I had never dealt with fencing before. And I had lacrosse and I had never dealt with (laughs) lacrosse before. And I had wrestling and uh, I knew a a little bit about pro wrestling, but not, uh, not anything about college wrestling. So those were uh, three things I got thrown into, but then, of course, just working all the, you know, as many other games as you wanted, volleyball, football, basketball, all these sorts of things. But they threw us right in. Um, I had some great teachers um, on that staff, some of the full-time folks, but some of the people who were sort of the full-time interns right right above our level, um, guys like Tom Weber who's at Southern Illinois and Bobby Lee who's at Albion who were just great uh, teachers that that first year. And showed me the ropes and how to do this and uh, just had, had, a, had a fabulous year there.
0: So it was time to move on from that. I mean, what was life like at that time? Um, I could kind of take us through the whole journey. I know you were ended up back on the West Coast. Am I right? Yeah,
1: you're right. I The last part to the graduate degree at Ohio State was to go do a full-time internship anywhere. Ah. And uh, I really wanted to get back to the West Coast. So I called up Tim Teslone at USC. i had gotten to know pretty well from, from my undergrad days. And I asked him, hey, Tim, I know you don't have a, a GA type position, but I want to come back west. Do you know any schools that do? And he actually said, well, you actually, we've been thinking about adding one. So why don't you send me your resume? So I did. And one thing led to another. And I got to go back to USC and serve a year as sort of a graduate assistant, then got hired on full time after that year. And spent uh, my first three and a half years as a full time SID working at USC. Go ahead. I was going to say, well, sort of moving on from there. I, um, I had a chance to work a year in Major mm-hmm. League Soccer with the San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, took actually, actually took a break from the SID life for a while. I, I went back to school and got a teacher credential and taught sixth grade for a couple of years. Realized. As that time was going on with that, that wasn't really what I wanted to do. So, luck would have it, as as I was looking for an exit, uh, the the sports formation director job at, at California Baptist University came open in in Riverside. It was uh, it was NAIA at the time. Spent a year and a half there. Uh, wanted to get back to the Division One level. Had the opportunity to go up to Oregon State and be an assistant SID there for three years, working with men's basketball. And now the last 13 years here at Pepperdine University.
0: Let's back up for a second. You, you what, sure. what made you want to want to leave the profession to begin with? And <laughs> why becoming a teacher of all things?
1: Well, I um, that year in San Jose was hard. It wasn't what I hoped it would be. When I moved up to Northern California, I had just before I left, I met... Um, my now wife, and she was still down in Southern California. So we kind of had a long distance relationship going for that, that, uh, that entire season. We got engaged, decided to move back to Southern California and didn't have the, the best experience that that soccer season was kind of tired. My wife's a teacher, uh, thought it would be good to, to try something like that. And, uh, you know, not, don't regret mm-hmm. having done it. I'm, I'm glad I tried it. Uh, The first year was interesting. The second year was very difficult and, you know, ran me right back to to sports information.
0: So what are some things that maybe you, excuse me, what are some things that maybe you took away from from teaching or maybe even from sports info uh, and vice versa that helped you in your career now?
1: Oh, I think. I mean, I've always been a bit of an introvert, but I think having to stand up there in front of a classroom and, you know, keep thirty kids engaged at a every single day for hours on end, I think I think that was a positive in terms of, you know, any time now when I've had to stand up in front of a press conference or large group of people, that that's been a, a whole lot easier. That's probably the the one thing that comes to, to mind as a positive. And just I mean, just in terms of being engaged with, um, I don't know. It, it, it was, it was a good two years, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah. sports information, what is, is, you know, what I was meant to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of mentioned that you wanted to get back. You said you want to get back to the D1 level, but you found yourself at, te- well, technically you got your wish, but the NAI level there now, I did. D1. So and my year, um, you know,
1: spent a year and a half at Cal Baptist and that was great. Love the people that I worked there. Love the uh-huh. school a uh, chance to, to get up to Oregon state came open and, and took that. So.
0: Awesome. Um, so what, what has been different for you over, over this past, like over this whole entire journey that we've been talking about um, any new experiences, maybe some things that you again, kind of put in some growth situations. I mean, were there anything like that?
1: I mean, I've seen, I've seen it all change over the 20 uh, something years that I've been here. I mean, thankfully I've, Thankfully I grew up in an era where I always had a computer and and such. I didn't ever have to do hand stats and all that, Um, but seeing the fax machine come and go and the, the rise of social media and all these sorts of things. So it's been, uh, it's certainly been a journey as to see the job change as much as it have from my first days at Ohio state and USC to, to what we do now.
0: One of my favorite questions to ask, I'm about to ask you, because you you work a little bit with social media now at Pepperdine. Um, what did you think of it at first i mean what did you th- did, was it kind of imperative for you to get for you and your department to get on it i mean did you have a strategy i mean what did you think of it at first
1: i w- it took me a long time to to get involved like everybody I knew had a facebook account and that wasn't something that i got right away and i suppose it was going to the cosida conventions every summer and just hearing people talk about this more and more and this is what you have to be doing and and realizing okay well Yeah, we had a Twitter, we had a, we had a general Twitter account that we just sort of had it automatically plug in the stories that we put on the websites. It would just automatically go to Twitter and, and probably Facebook as well. But then just sort of realizing over the years, like, okay, what a, what a tool this can be. And particularly for a school like, like us Mm -hmm. here in, you know, in Malibu, California, where we're in Southern California and the greater Los Angeles area where where there are dozens of professional teams and dozens of universities. And we're in the shadow of of USC and UCLA. And I think eventually realizing what a, what a good tool social media could be for a school like ours. And, and that we could get the, what our story out, get our word out to our fans directly without having to rely on, you know, newspapers that didn't cover us anymore or television stations that, that don't typically come out here. So um, you know, I think I was slow to warm up to it, but once kind of we realized just how important it was and what a good tool it could be used for, it's something we dove into wholeheartedly.
0: I like what you mentioned about kind of the situation that you guys are in, because not only do you have USC, not only do you have UCLA, the Rams, the Chargers, Clippers, Lakers, you also have many mid-major level schools, many D2 schools, many D3, many NAIA schools. Um, you mentioned social media as a tool. To kind of cut through the noise a little bit. What are some other things that you guys might might be doing in that area um, to kind of get your student-athletes a little bit more attention?
1: Yeah, we've tried a few things over the years and two things I'm pretty proud of. Um, Kind of our, our tagline, our motto here is competing with purpose. And so we I started a blog a while back, a number of years ago. Now we call it the competing with purpose blog. And essentially what I do is I just send our interns out to go do short Q and A's with our student athletes. And I'll give them a little bit of direction and they'll ask the questions. They'll tape the interview. They'll type it up and then send it in to us. And, and so we try to have daily content, just these daily little interviews with, with our student athletes. Um, You know, we, we, a while back, we, we hired a, a person specific to video to help with all the broadcasts and to do the video content mm. and things like that so that that's we <laughs> could have that part of it as well. Um, you know, you and I had talked okay. a little bit about kind of the other thing I'm particularly proud of is that's the podcast that, that I do for, for Pepperdine called Pep Talk. Started it about three and a half years ago. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> you know, it worked out perfectly. It wasn't my idea. It was one of my assistants, but yeah. uh, it, it was great. So I've uh, been doing that for a while, and it's just a great chance for me to sit down with a student athlete and have about a 20, 30, 40-minute conversation with them and get to know them and really have something with some substance to, to put out to, to help tell their story. And so that's been a lot of fun for me, and it's been well-received and I've really love doing that.
0: I, I see a lot of schools, and one of the favorite examples of this, because uh, I, I think that having that sort of resource, um, is fantastic, uh, for schools to have. And I'm sure you guys are a great example of it. I've, I've checked out some of your guys' work. Um, I've helped several other schools. Uh, one of my favorite examples, uh, and it's, again, it's a big example. It's called season with Sam from USC. Sure. I remember that. And, uh, Sam Donald, I think that that was kind of a way for people to get to know him for Heisman. Um, Absolutely. I think that that's a fantastic reason and a fantastic way that you can, showcase a student athlete like that. So how do you think other schools, maybe maybe there are some SIDs out there right now who are kind of teetering on that point. Like maybe we should, maybe we shouldn't. Uh, how do we go about doing this, this or that? Um, what are some reasons do you think to start a podcast for their school? How can it benefit them?
1: I mean, it's really not hard in, in the sense that if you just have a little bit of time to, to put onto it. My first couple years, I sp- spent far more time than I mm-hmm. needed to to do on it. Now I've kind of shrunk it down a little bit, but I spend a little bit of time just prepping for it. Just think about, you know, trying to come up with some questions to ask uh, the student athlete I'm going to be talking to, talking to a coach, to getting some questions, spend a half hour interviewing somebody, and then I'll spend about mm-hmm. an hour editing it now. And then, so really two to three hours of work for, for a podcast that, uh, that I put out weekly. Um, it's not, it's, you know, it, it might seem intimidating to, to take on something like this, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, I, um, I've i got my own little, uh, my own office. So I just bring a student athlete in, plug a microphone into my computer, hit record on a, a free program and, you know, put the microphone between us and, and the two of us talk and uh, spend a little bit of time editing and great product, great product at the end. So I think it's a pretty powerful way to to tell your student athlete stories. Um, podcasting is something that seems to just be you know continuing to to grow and grow. So um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good resource if people want to try
0: it. What's the reception been like?
1: Uh, really positive. Administration loves it. The student athletes, I think, enjoy it. Um, it's always fun to, to get some good feedback when, uh, when somebody likes what you're doing. So it's, it's been good.
0: Uh, is it hard to, um, cause I had this issue when I first started to kind of breaking that barrier a little bit, uh, especially with maybe some freshmen. Um, so do some of the older guys know exactly what they're coming in for?
1: I tend to. To try to stick to the upperclassmen. Like, you know, mm-hmm. right now I'm kind of a run of, of talking to seniors here in the start of the fall, just figuring somebody who's been here for four years is going to have much more to say about Pepperdine than than a freshman. So I'll typically stick with a senior. So I feel like most of them have probably have probably heard an episode, listened to one of the, their friends' episodes or their teammates' episodes, and so they kind of know what's, what's coming.
0: Exactly. It's kind of one of those other situations where – you put yourself in front of them as much as possible. They know exactly who you are, right? It's, it's like getting out from behind your desk, basically.
1: It is, absolutely. I work with like nine teams here, and I have I travel with men's basketball. And so I get to know the men's basketball players really well. But for all the teams that I don't necessarily travel with and I don't get to spend a whole lot of time with, I and mean, it's a great thing for me because I don't get to know all of our student athletes nearly as well as I maybe would like, but Here's an opportunity for me to go 30 minutes and just really a deep dive into who they are and what they're about and what their time at Pepperdine has been like. So uh, that's been probably the, the highlight for me is to to get to know these student athletes in a different gotcha. way.
0: Well, you guys heard it here. You should. Uh, if you're thinking about starting one, you definitely should. You can either reach out to me. I'm sure Roger would help out as well. So, Absolutely. yeah. Um, I want to talk about something else. You mentioned men's basketball a little bit. You've been quite you've you've been doing everything down there in SoCal about being a, a media coordinator for those sorts of events. Um, how do you get about breaking into that? Uh, what does a coordinator like that? What's the role like on game day?
1: Yeah, well, I think uh, so For four times in the last eight. Actually, this in 2020 will be the fourth time in eight years that we've been the hosts of the. Division One men's basketball, West Regional at Staples Center. So uh, pretty big deal. Four teams come in. Winner goes to the Final Four. So it's um, just a, a huge, huge event. Uh, first one we did was in 2013. We we did it in 2015, 2018. Now again in 2020. Uh, it's a pretty big job. Uh, I generally have to, over the course of the next Six months or whatever, I've got to find forty or fifty volunteers to to come uh, fill all the different media roles that that need to be filled. I uh, manage all the credential requests that come in, hundreds of credential requests, and if you try to figure out who's legit and who's not. And David Warlock at the NCA is great at putting up with all with uh, all of our emails asking about is, is this good? Is this is this not? What should we do with that? But dealing with all the credentials coming up with a seating chart, working with Turner CBS, trying to make sure all your volunteers are just doing everything that you need them to be because the manual is very big and the NCA is very exact in terms of mm-hmm. what they want uh, a regional to be and what they want you to do. So there's a, uh, it's a, it's a very big job.
0: Yeah, it, it definitely sounds like it. Um, so how did you kind of break into that role a little bit? Uh, what was your first time like um, sparing out Sure. So
1: when we got it, um, I forget how many years ahead they, they awarded it to us, but there's a bid process schools put into that want to do it. The LA sports and entertainment commission wanted to bring, you know, their job is to bring big events to, to Los Mm -hmm. Angeles. The NCAA tournament hadn't been here in like 20 years or something like that. And so Staples center, one of the best arenas in the country, they were interested you need a, a university or a conference to partner with, with them. They came to Pepperdine. We said yes. So, um, and then from there, it's kind of all hands on board when, when it comes along. So trying to do it in 2013, the first time, I mean, every time, I tell you, every time it's gotten a little bit easier as you, as you kind of keep your notes from the, the previous time. And as you can kind of repeat yourself, sending out the same, the same emails at the same time and, and know what, what you need to do. But, trying to do it the first time back in 2013, where just everything was, was, uh, was so new. I mean, as I said, uh, David Warlock, he probably got super tired of me because I was emailing him all the time with, with questions on, on what to do on this or that, and who to credential and who to not and how to put together a seed and charge, just a, a million things. So, so the first one was, uh, was, it was something. And then, uh, 15, 18, um, it's, it's a lot of work. It's, uh, I think I, I counted my hours in in 2018 for the, just that one week and it was well over 100 so just and that just devoted to the regional yeah kind of everything pepperdine kind of goes by the wayside or gets uh kind of moved down to our interns to to try to run because um everything everything gets devoted to the regional that week
0: yeah yeah um, a lot of people, I mean, I, we talked about this off air a little bit, a lot of people want to be involved with something like that. Not a lot of people get to, um, for maybe any, I, cause I know we do have undergrads and maybe GAs right now that do listen to this show on a regular basis, um, that want to get involved with something like that. Maybe even a bowl game. I mean, uh, what would be the best way for them to get involved and what do you, what can they expect out of something like that?
1: I think there are absolutely opportunities to do so and in fact well, as I've put together these volunteers I mean we've been lucky in that we have so many universities here to draw from and we've had we've had uh, SID help from the D1 D2 D3 NAI schools all of them come out and help but it's not just been them. There's certainly, we've had our share of of students from from various places around here. Long Beach has a sports management program and and they've sent people and we've had our own students and people have come from from schools all over and just, hey, we had two kids from Texas Tech last time who just wanted to Mm -hmm. come out and, and take part and like, yeah, come on out. We'll, we'd love to have your help. So I don't think we're unique in that in that, you know, these big events, they require a lot of people and so reaching out to the right person and letting them know you're interested in volunteering. And and I think it's been a pretty great experience for, for the folks that, that have come in and done this, You know, particularly those students. Uh, we try to rotate them around to give them give them a different taste of various things where it might be working in the interview room, uh, helping manage the locker room. Uh, the interviews are going on in the locker room area. You know, being out courtside to, to work on various things. So running stats left and right, working with television. I mean, there's all kinds of jobs that have to be filled. And, and um, you know, we got to find a lot of people to do it. So uh, definitely for, for me or anybody in one of these positions, they're looking for people and can use the help. So if there are young people looking for the experience, uh, they are out there.
0: I, a couple of years during my undergrad, I tried to help with the SEC tournament a few times i think the best way you go about trying to get with uh, uh find how find out who's hosting first of all you don't just sure. want to you know email some random dude that's not even have anything to do with it but uh and then find the media coordinator for that i think i think that's that's definitely the best way um, absolutely to do it, wouldn't you say so
1: absolutely awesome. i mean yeah if you're in los angeles and want to come help in late march uh, i'm the person from a media perspective that you want to reach out to and there are plenty of people like me at three other regional sites and eight other first and second round sites
0: perfect perfect so um kind of just a little bit of a fandom question here was what's been your favorite game to watch out of those entire media coordinator uh years if you even got to watch the game at all
1: so they actually give you the, the media coordinator gets the seat right next to one of the benches. Oh. so and it's supposed to kind of be there and be visible and, and help out. So I tend to walk around a lot, but uh, but we've had, gosh, we've had some pretty great, great uh, great teams come through. Um, Wichita State won the 2013 regional kind of, sh- you know, they came out of nowhere to make their final four run. Wisconsin was one of the top teams in the country. They they won in fifteen, in eighteen it was Michigan. Um, you know, as an Ohio right. State guy, that that was that was a little hard to watch, but 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 we enjoy. But uh, but the Michigan folks were great to work with. So so that that made it that was that wasn't too bad. Um, but yeah, gosh, it is some high level basketball, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun.
0: Perfect. Um, just kind of a, a family question that I wanted to ask you beforehand because uh, I know you have two sons. I do uh, read your bio. I do my homework on my people. Uh, how, what do you, let me kind of backtrack. How do you explain what you do to your, to your kids? That's, this is always a fun question. Everybody always has, always has something different.
1: Well, they've, they've spent some time around here. They've, they've come to games. They've actually, I've put them to work at games like during winter break where uh, we don't have, we, we don't have any interns and like, all right. Uh Brandon, you're, you're running stats and Connor, I'm going to give you this, this, uh, this iPad and I want you to try to get some pictures or shoot some video or or things like that. So, so they've helped out. Um, I can't figure it out because neither of my kids are into sports. And Uh. uh, as much as I love sports and, and grew up with sports, my kids just not quite the same. They take after their mom, I think. So, but uh, I think they've they've got a pretty good understanding of what they do. Brandon, my oldest, he you know every night before he goes to bed, I kind of talk to him, and he always wants to know what I'm doing here and what my next day is like. So I think they have a pretty good handle on kind of kind of what I do here, and um, yeah, it's uh, you know they they know if, uh, they know I'm, I'm unfortunately. Uh, working late nights here a lot, but, uh, they know what I'm doing. I think,
0: uh, morally, what's it like to kind of say to yourself, okay, I need my kids to help me run stuff today for the first <laughs>
1: time. Well, they, uh, they, they, you know, I might, I slip them, uh, you know, I slip them some cash it when it, when it's all over. So it's, uh, they, they don't feel too bad and I don't feel too bad either. Perfect.
0: That's bribery. I think that's what, that's what it's called.
1: I <laughs> know, well, put, put them on the payroll.
0: <laughs> right. Um, i like to translate this part of the interview where I like to ask some fun questions. Uh, First question I have for you, Roger. uh, Favorite memory of your professional tenure? I was
1: pretty lucky early on. I I worked with three national championship teams at USC. I was the SAD for the 98 baseball team that won the College World Series and uh, kind of a memorable game in that one. It was 21 to 14 against Arizona State and that game kind of helped changed the course of the sport when they um, changed up the bats mm. and things like that to try to lessen the scoring. So that was certainly memorable, but that was very early in my career. Uh, here at Pepperdine, man, there's been a lot of great things over, over 13 years here. And I guess the thing that I made, you know, the thing that's cool about working at a place like this is, I mean, we're not this massive school. We don't have football. We don't have all the resources, but so many of our, I mean, practically you know, the vast majority of our teams during my time here have been in the top 10, top 15 in the country. So I'm getting to work at a place where I get to see just, you know, the, the best of the best compete and play. And so I've had a lot of opportunities to, to see a lot of great games over the years here at Pepperdine, uh, the sport being played at its, at its highest level.
0: Uh, I'm sure recruiting student athletes to come to Malibu isn't, uh, isn't that hard. I, I would say.
1: If you if you like the sun and the beach and all those sorts of things, it's uh, it's it's the place for, for a lot of student athletes.
0: Awesome. Um, what about on the other side? What's your biggest horror story, if you have one?
1: Yeah, I think when I first started at Oregon State, I as I said, I did men's basketball there, but I came in, I started there in December and it was about five or six, seven games already into the season. So got a late start with them and about a month after I started uh, conference play, we we had just started conference play. We were up playing at Washington, okay, and I've only been there for a month. It's halftime. The home SID comes over to me and says, "Hey, um, your coach is in the back, being uh, you know treated by paramedics or, or um, you know going off in a ambulance or, or something like this." So I'm like, "Oh my gosh, what is going on here?" So run to the back, try to get a handle on what's going on. Some people kind of, is he having a heart attack, you know, trying to talk to our train, our athletic trainer about what's happening to the, to the coach. And uh, again, it's, I've only been there a month. I, you know, I've only gotten a chance to, to know these people so well and don't really maybe have that full level of, of trust and, and just knowing everybody as much as you'd like to, but trying to get the story out on, okay, what, what is happening to our coach and why isn't he coming back out for the second half and, and they didn't think it was a heart attack. So trying to, you know, dispel the rumors that, okay, he's not having a heart attack. And, and uh, so working with, it was a televised game. We had radio, they had radio. It's up in Washington, packed, you know, Pac-10 game at the time. So a lot of riders. So trying to, you know, keep my wits about me as we try to put out the message, okay, here's what's happening to our coach and um, dealing with that in the moment, in, in a scary moment.
0: Yeah, I would say so. I, I, I wouldn't know exactly. I had, I would not know what to do in that situation. I mean, that's kind of jarring a little bit for especially for those athletes too.
1: Absolutely. I mean, to to as you've got to come back out and play this game, and we ended up, we ended up, I think, losing that game by forty. And um, obviously, it just kind of things fell apart there. But tough for everybody. I mean, again, didn't still getting to know everybody. Had to go back into locker room at the end and figure out, okay, which of our assistant coaches is all right. Well, one of you needs to go out and and talk to the media Hmm. about this and which one of you is going to do that and how can I help prep you for this for something that nobody could have possibly anticipated.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, What's the other thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession?
1: It's probably kind of cliche at this point to say, you know, I wish I could do better with graphics and video and all that sort of thing. I mean, if I could spend more time and learn how to do that a little bit better, I'd love to to be able to do that. Thankfully, now I've got some assistants here who are really great at it. And so they can kind of take the lead on those sorts of things. I suppose, you know, whatever I want to learn about most is like, all right, well, what's coming next? because you know, as we know this this industry it doesn't stay in you know you don't stay in one spot it's constantly changing you're constantly moving there's always something new coming down the pike so trying to be ready for whatever that is
0: yeah um, let's see here what's um what some traits or characteristics do you think make a good SID? Every
1: so often I have the chance to talk to a class or a group of people and probably the first thing I say to, to be a good SID is you've got to be a good writer. Like, Be a good writer. I mean, as much as our industry changes, I don't think that's ever going to go away. Just the importance of being able to put out content clearly and coherently and accurately. I think to be a good SID, you know, you've, you've got to have the right work ethic with all the hours, with all that's, that's asked of you. As I was kind of just alluding to, I think the ability to to think ahead and to look down the road and anticipate and try to see what's coming and and be on top of that and be ready for it. And you know, I think you've got to be there to be a good SID. You got to be there for other SIDs and um, and realize what your counterparts need and and be there to to help them. Um, whether you're waiting for, you know, whether you're sending out a, a box or a game file after a game or team uh, visiting SID is there with you and, um, you know, making sure that they have what they need for, for their broadcasts or whatever else is going on. Um, I think, uh, a, a good SID is always there for, for another SID.
0: Perfect. I like how you put that. Um, what are some things, uh, work-life balance, what do you do to have fun?
1: Uh, I'm pretty simple. I mean, I think, um, when we don't have a home event, like I've got my routine, I, you know, I go home, we have, we have dinner as a family. I'll take my, my dogs out for a walk. You know, we'll come back and then maybe, uh, maybe we'll play a family game. Uh, kids go to bed and then I'll find something on Netflix or Amazon prime or something to watch. Um, you know, we talked about my podcast. I, you know, probably what got me driving into this so much of the number of podcasts I listen to, I probably got 40 something podcasts in my queue. So uh-huh. if I'm, if I'm driving, if I'm working out, if I'm, if, uh, if I'm walking the dogs, I, I'm listening to a podcast. So, um, you know, movies, books, all these, all these sorts of things. That's, that's how I like to spend my free time.
0: Not bad. Um, next time someone's in the Malibu area, what's your restaurant bar recommendation?
1: Sure. Um, I've got a few here in Malibu that that we love and we go to over and over. Um, I, I gotta say Duke's Malibu. It's one of our sponsors, but I gotta say it anyway. it's, it's just <laughs> it's right on the water. It's just absolutely spectacular. I went there a few weeks ago and and you're right on the water and there are just these pods of dolphins going by and it's just it's just a phenomenal view and great food. Um, we, we take each other out for our birthdays, and my the, the place I love to go is Malibu Seafood, which um, the clam chowder is fantastic. And then uh, we've got a place called Lily's, which has the best breakfast burritos anywhere. And so whenever we have a like a beach volleyball tournament or something like that, they, everyone we always have the, the Lily's um, breakfast burritos.
0: Perfect. Um, if anybody wanted to have any questions for you, want to get in touch with you, what would be the best way to do it?
1: Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Pepperdine Roger, or feel free to shoot me an email. It's roger.horn at pepperdine.edu.
0: Perfect. Well, Roger, thank you very much for coming on. We all do really appreciate it.
1: David, I really appreciate it. I'm honored that you asked me, so thank you.
0: No problem.